it's like, okay, I don't care if you think I'm a dude. I don't care if you think I'm a girl. I don't care if you think I'm a horse. I'm going to be the best rapper in this fucking room. Every time I go on this stage, you will not forget who I am. Whether you know what I am, you're going to know who I am. Hey, I ain't trying to kill the vibe and all. So hope for change, chase a dream like a waterfall. Felt the lean, yeah, we seen how the tower falls. Close to chest, what I mean when the darkness falls. Uh, I think I had a premonition, chilling, dragging on the latest cushy. Pretended I was a killer, pray somebody push me. I'm just trying to be sincere without being so pushy. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mostly Armless. I'm your host, Damn it, Damien. Buddies. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Mostly Harmless because this week we are hanging out and we are chatting with my dear friend, hip hop artist extraordinaire, Stony Burtz. Now, I've known Stony Burtz for a very, very, very long time. We worked together in a land far, far away called Colorado Springs at a place called Entertain Mart. Entertain Mart was like a Best Buy size CD warehouse. It had used video games, DVDs, CDs. And eventually, after I left, they were doing iPods. TVs. It's basically a Best Buy size pawn shop, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. The job sucked, but I met some wonderful people there. Stony being one of them. Stony's one of the first trans individuals I've ever met, ever knew. And as you're going to find out in today's conversation, like they didn't know they were trans either. And so uh, I, I'm going to get real, real quick, buddies. I talk one of the reasons why I wanted to bring mostly harmless back in this video 2.0 show format. So I want to talk a lot more about my mental illness and my depression and how we get over it. And hopefully you guys find something out of that. Uh, on my desk, I have these two notes. One, how do I make the world a better place Two, what stories do I want to tell? Cause I feel like one thing I'm decent at is giving people a platform, giving people a place to tell their stories and share their stories. And then what stories do I want to tell? And uh, we took a last couple of weeks off. I just, my depression's been just out of control. Uh, I feel worthless some days. I feel uh, like I'm a waste of space, a waste of time. And so I look at these notes and I'm like, okay, so what means something to me? And I've known Stony for many, many years and just doom scrolling through the internet. I came across a post. I went and sat down and gave Stony's music a new listen to uh, in the last few weeks and really fell in love. And then I would, as I was trying to decide whether to kill this new podcast because I'm worthless, it's worthless, we're worthless. Um, instead, I, I didn't listen to those voices in my head. Instead, I started writing interview questions uh, for my dear pal Stoney about what life was like, how they found themselves. Um, uh, did finding music and then finding an outlet for that music help them find their own identity? And really, that's what we're talking about today, folks. And, I'm, and, and as we talk about in the chat, I really hope that there's somebody out there that may be questioning their own identity and their own place in the world or how they can get their voice out there. Hopefully they can find something from this. And hopefully that helps us together make the world a better place because that's what we're trying to do here so i've rambled way too far but before i let you go please click that subscribe button right here on youtube uh easiest best way to help support this show it's completely free for you to subscribe there's no cost to you and once we get a x amount of subscribers we can start making a little money a little moolah off the uh of the ad. So buddies, I've rambled on way too long. We're going to have a really great conversation with Stony Burtz today. So let's, let's just get right to it. Let's go chat. My dear old pal, 
Stony Birds. And Stony, thank you so much for uh, sharing your stories with us today and sharing your stories with the world. And uh, maybe maybe one day we'll get to get to hustle some uh, iPods again together or something. Who knows? Whatever. All right, guys. What up? Hey, dude. What's going on? Perfect. Good to see you, man. Man, good to what see you. To see? Yeah. I know. Life. I know, right? Shit's been happening. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for coming to hang out today. I have a ton of notes for you on my phone, but I feel like you and I have known you for what? 12 years, I think, maybe? Yeah, we're we're creeping up on yeah, the 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 15-year mark, I think. So, yeah. Something like that. I can't remember how long how long it's been, but it's been a long time. I think the last time I saw you was Maybe at the Black Sheep when you performed and I was a pissed off bartender there? Possibly. I think that maybe was like yeah. the last time that we maybe had like a, you know, face to face outside of like the yeah. virtual world, you know, the Facebooks and all that stuff. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think every time we see each other, it's like, oh, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like regardless of what we're doing. So that's yeah. that's always pretty cool. So. Well, I, I apologize. It's been so long, but I've been keeping up. With, I mean, we've kept up with each other. We know. What yeah, we're for sure. Doing. Uh, I got to say, I've been been real proud to watch what you've accomplished over these last few years. I know it might not seem like much to you, or maybe it does. Oh, it I don't know. But uh, when we first met, you know, for the those listening, watching, you know. Mm. Okay, first off, what when you meet somebody for the first time, what do you go by these days? Um, what, when I, uh, well, I mean, I just, you know, I, I, it, it, I guess it depends on what capacity I meet them in. Like if sure. it's a music thing, then I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm stony. Like that's usually what I go with. Um, but you know, if it's like regular life, like if I'm out with like, you know, my fiance and we're like, you know, meeting people then I'm Stacy, that's my name. Okay, I cool. don't, yeah, cool. yeah. So it's not a, um, people kind of get confused sometimes because I use stony so much yeah. and it's kind of like, you know, this like moniker. Um, but it's, but Stacy is not a dead name for me at all. Right. Like good, it's good, not good. a name that I'm just like, Oh, don't use that ever again. Um, it's just stony is what a lot of people know me by yeah. and with work and everything like that, it's easier to keep those two things separated. Um, but if somebody knows, like only a few people know my name name, but if you do know my name, then yeah. more than likely I'm cool, cool. with you calling me by I, I I was hoping I was hoping that's the case because you know I've got I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year. My brain is kind of set mm-hmm. in its ways, and in my head, you are stack. Yeah, <laughs> um, because we worked together at Entertainment a hundred years ago. In our yes. logins to the computer were the first four letters of our names. Exactly. I was Damy, 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 and you and were I shorted yeah. And I shortened, yeah, and I shortened it to damn damn. So I would always call yeah. oh, I forgot damn. that. Yeah, Man. yeah. That was cool. Well, yeah. so when we were together at Entertainment mm-hmm. 100 years ago, I had no idea you had any of these like hip hop aspirations or spoken word. And yeah. I remember you actually being pretty quiet, kid. But that also might have mm. been because my mouth never stops running. <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, I think I've always been fairly quiet. I think people still, to a certain degree, will describe me as being fairly quiet. Um, but I think... Like I never, I don't know. I never really went into it like, oh, I want to rap. Like it was never something like growing up. I was like, this is something I want to do. I just always had like, you know, a little soft spot for music, whether that was like instrumentation or or just different types of music. Um, and and then at a certain point, I just was like, oh, maybe I should try this. And then it, it just kind of clicked, you know. So it wasn't something I was ever like, oh, I want to do this. I think in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when I was working at Entertainment, I wasn't anywhere near that. I was just like. What am I going to do for the rest of my life? Am I working? Yeah. Am I going to school? Just trying to, you know, figure stuff out. But then, you know, I think 2011 came around and I was like, oh, 
maybe I'll give this a go. And then it turned into a thing. Uh, and now it's kind of hard to describe sometimes <laughs> what that thing is. So, yeah. So, uh, man, th- there's so much we want to talk about. I want to talk about, but we're already right there. So like, yeah, I'm not big on, I'm not a big rap or hip hop guy. I'm very <laughs> tailored into the things I like. Like I like a lot of tribe called quest, uh, mm-hmm. Aesop rock, uh, MF doom. Right. RIP, you know, that kind of stuff. And you know, I, you know, my girlfriend is like, you very much like old school New York hip hop. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But when I listen to your stuff, man, it, Mm -hmm. it it hits the right buttons for me. Like there's something like cool, lo-fi laid back. How do you describe what you do to people who are in the know? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, uh, well, first I'm glad you enjoy the music. So that's dope. Um, Honestly, like, cause like growing up, I wasn't really like, my parents weren't, I wasn't like sneaking, listening to like doggy style and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, yeah. my, you know, it's like, I was listening to what my parents were listening to. And then sometimes I would hear stuff, maybe my cousins were listening to and stuff like that, but it was never like, oh, I'm just in love with Tupac or I'm in love with Biggie or I'm, in, you know, like there was just never any, um, I guess, idolization of anybody like that. It was always just like, oh, this is music and this is cool. Um, but I mean, I guess I would describe what I do is like, yeah, it's boom bap. Like, I think I've tried to get away from that a lot because people are like, oh, it's like old school. It's boom bap. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm proud of the fact that I'm like a lyrical rapper. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, an MC, I like to say, uh, not not necessarily just a rapper, but um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, that's how I would describe it. Just, you know, boom bap. I you know, lyrical, maybe put things together a little bit differently. I don't really rap in like traditional time signatures in some ways. Um, but I think it's been dope because I've been able to look at other music that maybe I don't listen to that much. Like I don't really listen to a lot of like new hip hop. I don't really listen to the radio. Like a lot of stuff, like you said, is stuff that I'm like, oh, this is dope. Let me go back and listen to this. Or I usually listen to things backwards. I find them way later. I'm still listening to albums from Odyssey that came out in like 2008. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of behind when it comes to certain things like that. But it's given me a different appreciation for different types of music and new music. Because now when I approach my music, I know how I make it. And I know that the music I'm making, I'm not making it for a certain person. Well, I am making it for a certain person's ears. I know certain people aren't going to hear it like other people are you know what I mean so that makes me think about when I listen to music how how they were intending for somebody to listen to uh you know their music so it uh helps me be a little bit more equitable with my taste um and be like I don't like that but I get what they're (laughs) doing (laughs) you know what I mean type of thing so yeah who do who do you write who do you write it for do you have somebody in mind whenever you're creating um yeah I probably think about like when I first like really jumped into hip-hop I was in independent records in Fountain Colorado I remember this specifically right on 8587 and I heard Atmosphere come on the the speakers and it was Got a Lot of Walls by Atmosphere and I'm pretty sure that was off the God Loves Ugly album probably yeah I think so either, either yeah and so I was like what is this it was the first time that I had really heard in totality somebody rap and rap and I did debate in high school stuff like that so there were these words that I was using like in school. And I was like, wait, people put these on records. Like I thought hip hop was only like for a certain dialect, you know what I'm saying? At least for me. And I thought, okay, you don't really have any too many experiences that can um, translate that way, the way that you see it translate in popular culture. And then I started listening to atmosphere and I was like, wait a minute, this guy is like, 
he's sad and he's like in love like you know what I mean like uh, some women are kind of ruining his life or at least he feels that way you know what I mean so um it spoke to me in a lot of different ways and it made me think like oh wow I can talk about things in a different way in a way that I'm comfortable with talking about them because you know I've always been a little bit different a little bit quiet I've never really fit in with just like either what everybody else was doing or like done the cool thing. So when I realized that I was like, oh, well, I'm good. I'm really good at this talking thing as far as like being articulate, I guess you would say. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, damn, like this is super dope. So from there, I was just like, you know, off to the off to the races with it. And I'm making it for people who maybe think that the way that they think or the way that they exist or whatever the case is doesn't necessarily fit into that. Because I never thought hip hop would be something that was for me, like whether, you know, it was made by black people, whatever the case you want to say, like, I never thought I would have a place in it. So I think I just rap to like, show people that they can create their own space. You know what I mean? Because I don't think anybody could have predicted me rapping, but I am and they're like, okay, cool. So yeah. Yeah, I remember I was still living in the Springs, obviously, because I worked at the Black Sheep for a time. But I remember you were posting about like Word Wednesdays at B-Bar and stuff like that. Yes. And I remember being like, well, that's what? Really? Huh? But also <laughs> at the same time, like, I'm sure you've heard this in your journeys. You have a to me, I feel like you have a very old soul. Have you heard that before? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I feel, you know, I normally inter- interview a lot of punk rock bands. And usually mm-hmm. with them, it's like, how did you find punk rock? Because it is a shub genre of this, you know, rock and roll music, or at least for the most part before Blink-182 and whatnot. Yeah. So I thought it would be a little bit different for hip hop. But I guess mm-hmm. maybe the stuff you're into is a little bit more off the beaten path. Um, y- yeah, I mean, I-, I listened to a lot of like, I remember like listening to... Um, when my parents divorced, I moved to back to Louisiana where I was born for a little while, which we have that in common as well. Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, and we're, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about that too here in a minute. We're going to get there. But, uh, basically I was there and I went through, you know, some bullying stuff and different things like that. And not that that dictated what kind of music I was listening to, but that definitely dictated like a little bit how I felt about myself in terms of like where I fit. Um, just because all that stuff was going on, but also at the same time, I was listening to like Disturbed and like Alter Bridge <laughs> and like, you know, fucking Cree, not knowing that they're like a Christian band, like just, just, just Flyleaf, you know, that was like where I was at um, musically. So, and I've always had a very, like, very taste, you know, I listen to what like my mom and dad listened to Luther Vandross and Bobby Blue Bland and, you know, uh, Howlin' Wolf, you know, all that different stuff. But then also there was this other side of me that was like, oh, I like Trust Company and, and Bush and, you know, Soundgarden and, journey you know so I never thought that you know being able to like make hip-hop I can be able to like appreciate my I guess diversity of like all the things that I like and I'm not writing the music based off of like oh I heard you know Nas do this or this person do this but then when I discovered it being able to like almost time travel backwards and listen to Illmatic and listen to it was written and listened to, you know, all these other albums. It's like, oh, this is what people are talking about when they're talking about like this shit changed their life. Cause I didn't understand it. Um, and I was happy that I got to go backwards as opposed to growing with it. Cause now I see what, what people are talking about. I don't think it would have hit the same if I was just all the hip hop was there for me when I was yeah. a kid, you know? So. Well, I, I feel that way too, because I, I have been traveling backwards. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I was a white kid growing up in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I hate to admit it, 
I didn't realize it until I got older. I was kind of, it's just ingrained in you from a certain age in those places. Mm-hmm. I was I was a little more uh racist than I thought I was, mm-hmm. you know. I was like, I'm not gonna listen to that rap music bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go that way. And uh that stayed with me way longer than I wish it had. Now but now again, like you, I'm I'm exp- exploring all this stuff and it's like wow this is mm-hmm. and then like i'm slowly getting into like understanding the thankfully we have a lot of uh, great documentaries out there on like nwa and oh yeah for public sure. enemy and whatnot so now i'm learning like the roots and i sound like such an old 40 year old white guy but that's what i am and i'm discovering all this stuff so right but i mean hey self-awareness is key you know what i mean there's a lot yeah. of people that likes to to think that because they enjoyed some Snoop Dogg in 1993 that they're not racist, you know what I mean? Or that they yeah. didn't have any racist tendencies. So, I mean, it, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. I think everybody has their own journey and it's dope to like hear, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause I've definitely discovered a bunch of stuff where I was like, Oh, that, and I like history. So yeah. for me learning about like hip hop history was like, Oh, okay. And then you start going into music history and you start to realize that, you know, everything is kind of an offshoot, you know, of, yeah. of something else um and you know and in a lot of ways you know black folks are responsible for popular music so <laughs> all of that is like just an offshoot of it whether it be blues uh you know transitioning over to hip-hop or you know all of that just kind of bouncing around and becoming punk rock <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean right? like um yeah, yeah you know, there's ken burns has a documentary about mm-hmm. the origins of country music i got i got a little bored i didn't finish it but in the opening mm-hmm. episode he talks about how it it all is like white people stealing rhythm and blues and dumbing it down and calling the country. And it's like, right, right, right. And then they gatekeep who can actually be country music stars. And you're like, but I mean, that's, you know, that's the case with everything, but that's why, like you said, all these different documentaries, like when there's NWA documentaries and all these different things and people talk about like the historical or cultural impact, it's because of things like that you know, hip hop is very young, but it's one of the very few things that we've been able to be like, yo, the culture, <laughs> we created it and we're keeping this shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not, it's not going to get, I mean, in it, not that it hasn't been co-opted and, you know, whatever, you know, you get your, your Post Malone's, which I know people like Post Malone, but yeah. he's a, he's a product of, of all of that. Uh, and also of us being like, everybody come on in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think it's really fascinating how it all, offshoots each other yeah. and you know we end up in a place where there's a bunch of people out who i love that love punk rock that love my music so yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's yeah. it's great to see so yeah well let's 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 just drop that heavy note right there boom or whatever boom uh let's move back <laughs> a little bit because you did mention we're both from shreveport louisiana we both escaped shreveport louisiana and ended up in colorado springs and now right. we both live in denver mm-hmm. bizarre how old are you now I am 31 years old. I'll be 32 okay. in June. So you're nine, eight or nine years younger than me. So we probably had very different experiences in Shreveport. Yes. But when when did you leave Shreveport? How did you get out? Um, well, I I definitely left a lot a lot younger. Um my I was born in 89, so my parents moved, you know, economy wasn't that great, I guess, in like 96. So I moved fairly young. I think I was like five, six years old. 
Um, but we spent a lot of summers like going back and forth, you know what I mean? So like for the next few years, it was just every summer we'd come back, we'd see the family, we'd do all the different stuff. And then when I was around like 11 or 12, my parents got divorced. Um, and so my mom's family was, you know, obviously still there. We moved here because my father's mother and her, you know, um, husband at the time lived here. So that's kind of where we're like, okay, we know some people. My uncle was here. I've got cousins, you know, here and all that stuff. So, um, but when they got divorced, we went back and I went through middle school basically for the most part with the exception of like one year um there and then I came back here and ended up at Widefield High School so that was kind of it um my parents split up I tried living with my mom that really didn't work out so I ended up living with my dad and he was here so that's kind of kind of where where I ended up but um I'm thankful for it considering some of the experiences I had in Louisiana love it love my family love the place but as you said there's definitely some some things about it (laughs) that uh, make it hard to thrive um, there. So I, I, my mother and father still live there and I still have some really good friends there, but Mm -hmm. even my mother was like, I understand why you don't come back to visit. And I'm like, Oh, thank God we don't have to have that difficult conversation, (laughs) but it is just like, it always reminded me of the Hellmouth and Buffy Mm -hmm. the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) Yeah. Sunnydale for sure. It's just, it's uh, anyway. So how old were you when you, you settled in, in middle school, you settled in Colorado? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came back here. I think I did one more year of middle school. I think it was eighth grade. So I did like sixth and seventh grade out there. Then I came back here yeah. and I went to Sproul um, for eighth grade. And then from Sproul, I went to um, Widefield. Widefield. And then Widefield. that is where I graduated yeah. in 2007. Yeah. That's where some of my best friends went to high school. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I had already graduated high school by the time I mm-hmm. made it to Colorado Springs, but um, something I remember, and this is kind of insensitive on me, but, uh, I remember when I moved to Colorado Springs, we would like be like, oh my God, there's a black person. Oh my God. There's another black person. Because at the time it wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't as many African-American people in Colorado as there probably is now. Colorado yeah. Springs granted had like a heavier military population. So mm-hmm. it might've been different for in Widefield for you but mm-hmm. what was it like for you coming to from like a predominant you know coming into this this culture that right. was a little bit more white exactly I guess yeah is what I'm trying to say um yeah no definitely well I mean I guess that's kind of like the kind of mind the uh, like kind of conundrum that you go through like because I went from being in a place where a lot of people looked like me um but not a lot of people accepted me whether that be from my end or theirs right like whether that be I was just too quiet and didn't want to talk to people and they were like oh okay you're like you know at least back then you talk white and you don't want to talk to us you're a dick (laughs) you know type of thing or if it was from the other side like I don't feel safe here I don't want to I don't want to kick it with y'all type thing um to coming to a place where I was often the only one but I felt more accepted because I thrived at things like I did ROTC and I did debate and I was really, really good at those things. So whether or not I was the only black kid or whether I was one of five, I was the best there. You know what I mean? So, and it was just different because in Louisiana, the, the education scale, all that different stuff was different. So I was learning certain things and I came here and there was like a gap between like what I learned just because the education system is different. The, the access, the resources is different. So stuff like that was kind of interesting to me. And I think early on that sparked my interest in like 
policy and government and how those things work. Because I was like, why can't I go from a place where everybody looks like me and there's less opportunity to a place where nobody looks like me and there's more opportunity and nobody can see this. And then I just found out that it's not that nobody can see it. There's a lot of people that just don't give a fuck. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) for me, I was just like, I was just like, Oh, okay. Wow. Like this is kind of, this is kind of wild, you know? Um, So it was definitely difficult um but i think that you know everybody every black kid gets that like talk from their parents like you gotta work twice as hard to be just as good um but i think when that came out when i came out here that was even more of a um a thing just because i joined rotc i was you know in debate i wanted you know i had these aspirations i wanted to get a scholarship and i wanted to join the military and i want to do all these different things so i was like yo if i want to get a nomination to like the naval academy or west point or anything like that i gotta beat out all these little white boys who are over here playing football and doing all this extra stuff like i gotta do all that so it put a fire under me to like succeed but then it also like in my later years as things started to kick in like oh damn like I want to get a car and put gas in my car and be able to like do stuff. You got to get a job. Once you get a job, you got to kind of decide if you want. So some of those things like, oh, damn, like we're not on the same level. The reason why he can go get appointed to West Point and all this stuff is because he doesn't have to go to Wendy's (laughs) after work on Wednesdays to work until 10, go home, do your homework, wake up. They don't have to deal with certain things like that. Not saying that their words and obviously there was plenty of white people around me that were in the same economic position that I was in. So I'm not going to say that, you know, the black kids were poor and the white kids weren't, but there were certain opportunities there for certain people, um, whether that be military, different things like that, where I was like, maybe this isn't going to work out (laughs) the way that I think it's going to work out. So it was definitely, um, you know, a mind fuck to say the least seeing that there was like a bunch of white people, but they were cooler with me than the black people were. Um, but as I've grown up, I realize that that's not necessarily the case, right? Like I'm, I would belong there. I just, you know, there were things about myself that I just needed to like figure out and be confident in, in order to like assert myself in a way that was, you know, good or whatever. But it was definitely uh, interesting to come here. Um, but I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the experience and the being the only one and have to be, you know, confident in who you are. Like, yeah, I'm black. What's up? You know what I mean? Like, don't you know what I mean like don't don't start tiptoeing around it now like it is what it is and I'm not gonna shy away from that and you know after a while you know you get become proud of it you know yeah thank you for sharing because that's absolutely I don't know it's one of those things it's like a I'm trying to be more aware of the world around me and like Mm -hmm. we worked together for years and I didn't I didn't know any of these stories back then so yeah um, because I wasn't asking those questions you know right right I mean but I I, it's not like you know I'm not the best when it comes to like talking yeah, to people and getting to know you know and stuff like that but yeah it's, as we I think as we get older honestly it becomes more important because you yeah. you start to you know you know this you know uh, probably more than I do but you start to like lose people along the way yeah and you yeah, start yeah. to realize like wait a minute if I could if I had just taken a little bit more time to just maybe ask a couple questions or see how you were doing that day like sometimes if I haven't talked to a friend in a couple of months I might just shoot them a text even if they don't want to hear from me or talk to me like hey man you know miss you hope you're doing good because there's just been too many people that have just popped up and it's just like they're gone and I have no and whether I can justify it by saying oh I'm just quiet or I don't talk a lot it's like that's that's not gonna matter when you can't say anything anymore you know what I mean so sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet and be like what's up man love you because they might not be able in the mood to say it back at that point but there'll come a day where they'll remember that you said it you know what I mean and that 
I think that makes the difference, especially for a lot of us who struggle and we struggle quietly. Things like that are really important, you know, so. Yeah, no, I actually had it written down here. We were we were talking a little bit in the uh, Facebook chat going back and Mm -hmm. forth before we got ready for this. My mental health has been incredibly bad lately. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is I have two notes on my desk. One says, how do I make the world a better place? And the Mm -hmm. other one says, what stories do you want to tell? And I try to find a way to like cross those in between. And I have a list. I I have a list over here in my notebook of of people. And months ago, I wrote down, you know, I wrote down your name. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like, I can interview them really easily. And I was like, well, what can, what can I, you know, how can I tell this story? What's important about the story? And I, you know, these are a lot of things that suburban white people have no idea about. And, uh, Thank yeah. you. I, I almost, I feel bad. Do you, do you mind being put on this? There's a whole lot about you. Like, um, mm-hmm. man, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. I apologize. No, do it. That's how my brain works. So it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm used to good. it. So it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but no, so I, you know, you use the, they, them pronouns these days. Is that right? Yeah. Usually. Uh, yeah. They, them, uh, recently I got, I got comfortable with he, him pronouns. Cool. Um, I identify as a non-binary transmasculine person. So for anybody watching or listening that doesn't know what that means, transmasculine is essentially a um, term for somebody who was assigned female at birth that does not identify as a man, um, but is a more masculine person. Um, So that's probably a lot of layers, (laughs) you know, for a lot of people, but that's where I'm at currently. Um, I always used to like, when I, wasn't like hey i'm non-binary like back when you knew me um i would get he him sir all the time i still do and you know what i mean so it took me a while to like be okay with that even though i was never not okay with it i just didn't know that there was any other way you know that any other way so when i found out what like non-binary was i was like wait that's me and most (laughs) people who meet me once i tell them they're like that makes sense you know what i mean like it's never something where it felt like forced or i was trying to look for a label it just it just fit you know well i remember back in those days like all of us that were to entertain art together were so protective of you i think or at least i remember a lot of us being protective and be like oh that guy back there was helping me yeah what guy there ain't no guy back there (laughs) yeah what's on your fucking eyes you know (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah I don't I mean, know. I appreciate that in a lot of ways. I did yeah. because it was, it just meant the people around me, like, even if I was questioning or something else was going on in my head, if I'm telling you that that's who I am, then everybody around me was just respecting that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and that's essentially what I'm asking people to do now. Yeah. So to know that, you know, that were, there have always been people like that in my life. That's what makes it easier to be honest about those things because you were willing to do that. Just like, yo, I work with this person. You're not going to do that shit. And (laughs) now, you know, now sometimes it happens uh, in the other way. So yeah, those are, those are good memories. You know what I mean? Good, 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 good. Well, so you, as a performer, you're someone somewhat in the spotlight. Yes. You get tired of talking about like your thing. I don't even know how to, you know, I I don't know how to describe it. But yeah, um, like, cause you know, I feel I, part of me feels bad putting you on the spot and being mm-hmm. like, tell me about this journey. <laughs> right. Um, but I also, I want to know about, you know, Stony Burt's story and, you know, exactly. You know, I don't, it, 
it's I don't get like oftentimes if there's a story about me or anything like that usually it is you know non-binary artists or non-binary trans artists or you know black artists and things like that and I think at first I wanted to keep my my experiences the things I said on records I wanted to keep them very vague because I never wanted people to think like I was making music for like a certain person right like you had to be trans to listen to my music you had to be black to listen to my music you just you know what I mean I never wanted that but I think as time went on and as I got a little bit further into it and I explored myself a little bit more I was like this is my story right like this is the story I'm supposed to be telling and this if, if this is who I am if this is who I say I am then I have no choice but to tell those stories and on top of the fact that there's not many of us, right? There's not many, there's, there's few and fewer, in my opinion, black folks doing the, making the type of music that I make currently from my experience. You know what I mean? Like we can say it all day and I've got some wonderful friends who rap and stuff like that. But if you look at like where I started Colorado Springs hip hop, a lot of it is white, which is surprising (laughs) because it's a, it's a black art form. So to look at it, it's kind of like, but we're in a really white place. So what, what are your choices? But I love, I love those people. Um, and I feel like they were like, it was nothing but the raps. They were like, Oh, dope. Like this is dope, you know? So, and I think I probably experienced some stuff with some people who were like, Oh, it doesn't always have to be about like your identity and like who you are. I'm like, but you get to talk about that all the time. You get to talk about how many like women you have sex with and what your dick looks like and all this different shit. But if I say any fucking thing, then I'm just trying to push myself on you, right? But like misogyny, that's what this entire genre has been about, like pushing yourself on another person, your lifestyle, what you believe, all that stuff. Um, So no, I think these days I'm like proud to say that because there's people that still don't think I should exist, um, whether that means in a context of whether being black, being queer. Um, And there's just not a lot of people, you know, that that do what I do and get an opportunity to like talk about it. Um, and I'm still on such like a a small scale in comparison to you know nationally known acts and things like that. And I think I would be doing myself and people who look like me a disservice if I didn't say something. You know what I mean? Or if I didn't answer those questions. Yeah. And I guess sometimes you can kind of feel like, oh, do like white people just want to sit down with me and like answer all their questions? But um when if I don't have a rapport with the white person it's different right but I know you I've known other people I've sat with so it's no problem this is like us having a conversation um but when like random people come up and they're like give me the black queer opinion that's when it's like what are you talking about um but but no I mean I'm proud to share my story and you know, share who I am. And on top of that, I can rap. So I think it's a win-win, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a win-win for everybody, but um, no, I mean, I'm proud, proud of who I am. And it took me a long time to get here and I'm not gonna not, yeah, not, <laughs> not be that I'm not going back. So. And, and like, yeah. so I have this idea. So this show part, you know, we're going to take the video, we're going to throw it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the podcast, the podcast actually has more listeners, but I feel like people can, 
find it easier on YouTube, just typing in whatever right. search engines. So I have this idea. It might be, not be next week. It might not be next month. It might right. be a couple of years from now. Some kid's going to come across this video chat of us and they're going to need to hear the things that you have to tell. So that's, again, yeah. thanks, thanks for sharing these stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No problem. How, so when I met you, you were already out and a lesbian. Like, how did you... Right. How did you discover? I mean, I, I assume you've probably always known, but oh, yeah. like, at what point did you go look around and were like, "I'm not quite like everybody <laughs> else." Oh goodness! Um, I always knew that at quite a young age. I think, um, I probably say four or five was probably when I was just like, "I don't think yeah. I'm like the rest of you all." Um, and then you know, there's always like this the things that you always hear about, like, I didn't like certain clothes and I didn't, you know, I hung out with my, my, you know, uh, boy cousins and stuff like that, you know, like, um, my sister and my cousin Whitney, they'd be putting on like lip gloss and stuff. And I was like, I don't want lip gloss. Um, and I guess now with my understanding of like sex, you know, sexuality and gender and all those different things, those weren't necessarily the indicators that I thought they were, but they certainly were like, um, um, I guess maybe an indicator that there was, there was layers, right? More layers than maybe there were for other people. Right. Um, so I knew from a super young age that I was definitely like, at the very least queer, right? Like I'm not getting down like everybody else is. And I think just growing up, it was just kind of like, okay, this is me, you know, whatever, whatever. But a lot of the like bullying and stuff like that, that I experienced was based around that, right? Like based around like just me, looking a certain way and being comfortable with that. Like I didn't always have short hair, but I've always like dressed the same. I've always moved the same. There was never a point in my life where I was just like this super feminine person. And then I came to school the next day and you just didn't know who I was. Like I've always been the same person. The only thing that's ever changed is my haircut. That's it. Yeah. Right. And you know, this <laughs> from working entertainment, like that's the only thing that's ever changed. So um, it's, it's, it, I guess it was kind of difficult because I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Like, I like women, and that's what's on my birth certificate, so I'm a lesbian. Like, that's how I put it together. I didn't, there being multiple genders or the difference between gender and sexuality, I had no fucking clue. Just like everybody else <laughs> didn't have no clue. I was like, okay, well, this is where I am. Where's the gay club? Let's go to the gay club. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that's, that's what I was supposed to do to, to do the thing. And then I did drag for a little while and that was interesting because it was like gender illusionist too, you know? And I was just like, gender illusionist, what does that mean? Like, yeah. it just kind of piqued my interest. And then I did it for a while and I never really thought about it or did anything. I probably met a bunch of people that were probably in different subsects of the community, whether that be trans, non-binary, whatever. But we just never had those conversations. It was a lot of clubbing, a lot of alcohol, um, I was deep into it, you know, at that point. So I was more concerned about whiskey than figuring out who I was. I mean, but that's kind of how I fell into it, you know? And I think my dad used to ask me when I was a kid, he was like, are you, are you gay? Like, and it wasn't like he was trying to fight me about it. He just wanted to know. Um, and I said, no, like there were so many times where he asked me and I was like, no, just because I was like, that's going to be fucking awkward. Like, how do I, you know what I mean? How do I do this? And I think one time my mom asked me, she was like, we got to figure out what you like, you know, black people. <laughs> and I was just like, girls, you know what I mean? And she's like, oh, okay. Which is something that, and I think my parents were prepared for that. 
but I think the next step, you know what I mean? Because I, I've been, I I was mistaken for a, a boy when I was 13 in a laundromat. Like, it's not like I got, people have this weird misconception when you say that you're non-binary, you have any other type of identity, they automatically assume that you're, you, you, you've run to a doctor and gotten surgery. Not that there's anything wrong with that because medically transitioning is, is important for a lot of people. Um, but they, they, you know, they think you're on hormones and all this stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But at the time, that wasn't the case for me. Like, I've just been this way, which is yeah. why when I discovered what non-binary was, I was like, wait, that's me. Because I've always just like, this voice has been the same. This face has been the same. It's never changed. I've never done anything to try to make myself seem one way or the other. So over time, it just kind of came together for me. Like, oh, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And it felt right, regardless of who liked it and who didn't. You know, and I was just like, sweet well I'm gonna stick with this so yeah it's hard explaining to some people especially like women that I've dated they're like what's what's going on it's like but you knew this right because I'm not different I haven't changed at all it's just what people address me by you know so um yeah I hope that answers the question I might have got lost in there no I loved bit, it but... <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember what the question was anymore um we we asked me how I got to the whole lesbian oh, yeah, thing that I yeah, always yeah. know and you took, you took yeah. me through it that's <laughs> No, I got yeah. I got transported through it. Like, damn, you were you number one in your debate class? <laughs> uh, yes, I was captain of the debate team along with uh, along with a a good friend of mine, Lars. Shout out to him. I, um, I can I can tell you you can like just on the spot you're crafting stories better than I I could do it my typewriter in a couple of hours. So. <laughs> I doubt it, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, well, so one thing that I was thinking about whenever I was writing all these notes was like, yeah, so. At what point did you start doing hip hop, and at what point did you un- discover non-binary? Do they come at the same? Different? Uh, do they parallel each other? Definitely different times. Um, so I started rapping in like 2011. I had just gone through a lot, uh, like a really bad breakup, and I was questioning my entire life. Um, and I was like, "What do I want to do?" And um, she actually had made some music with her brother. And so I had some connects from like them and I like hit them up, you know, even though we weren't together anymore, I was trying to be like, you know, daring. Uh, and I was like, hey, you want to help me rap? Help me write us, you know, help me record something that I wrote. Um, and her brother wasn't too interested in it, but then I hit up somebody else, uh, Eric, Eric Radke, you're sick. Oh yeah. And he was like, sure, come on over and let's try it out. And I don't think he expected anything, but I went in there and I rapped and he was like, this is kind of decent. Um, but at that time, no, I was just Stacy. I was using, you know, she, her pronouns. I wasn't thinking about any of that. Um, so that was around 2011. And I think a few years went by. So maybe 2015, I probably is when I started to be like, oh, okay. Cause around that time I got into dealing with some folks from Colorado college. I had done a couple of classes where I had spoke to like a couple of hip hop classes and just met a more like diverse group of people on a like academic level that could explain these things to me because I had never heard these terms so when I started to hear people like go up and because I started getting invited to all these like poetry things and I was like I'm not a poet like what is this (laughs) um and they wanted me to do stuff because I guess my music was different than like what they had heard so I was like okay like I'm, I'm cool with doing that but starting to hear these people talk about their experiences and then you know, people starting to talk about transition. I'm like, what What are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, and then I just started absorbing like all this knowledge and being like, oh, wow. Like people 
can really like a hundred percent find out who they are and not like what, you know, what makes you tick and things like that, but who you are in terms of like, if somebody asked you to describe yourself, I think up until that point, I don't think I could say anything. Like I probably wouldn't say like, Oh, I'm a person. Right. But as far as like attaching to like womanhood or anything like that, there was none of that. So the fact that I could give a description that embodied all the things that, that I felt like were me, I was like, this is fucking great. So uh, yeah, so around 2015, I probably like, I wouldn't say saw the light, but I was able to articulate myself a little bit more as to my identity, what it was. Um, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you yeah. there. I was, so I'm curious, like, so you've been doing the hip hop for a while. You're slowly uh-huh. finding your voice, uh, right. you know, your songwriting style and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're discovering who you are. Mm-hmm. How did those two, um, do those two correlate? Is it like you got, I, I can't find an elegant, elegant way to say it, but it's just like, did finding out who you are help your voice or did finding your voice help you find out who you are? That's what gotcha. I'm going for. Gotcha. Um, wow. Um, honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. I think as I discovered like more about myself, I was able to rap more confidently because I felt like, you know, cause you start doing shows and you start dealing with these people and not that they're bad people or anything like that. But when you rap, there's at least historically, there's been a certain way that people approach it. Right. They see you walk on stage, you got a hoodie on, you got some jeans on, you got a hat on. Hey, what's up, dude? Here's sound check. Like nobody stops to be like, Oh, are you this or that? So it took me a couple of times of like going to a show and trying to go to the bathroom and somebody like literally putting their hand on my shoulder and stopping me and like spinning me around. Like you can't go in the bathroom, like stuff like that, that kind of got me like, am I safe in these places? Like what the fuck is going on type shit, you know? And I think with that, it made it be like, okay, if I'm, cause I'm already, I'm, I'm black. So I'm, I know what it's like to go somewhere and be uncomfortable and have to be uncomfortable with no choice of being uncomfortable. I know what that feels like. So this was nothing new for me. I was just like, damn, like, it's like that. But what it did for me, I think, in finding my voice more was that it's like, okay, I don't care if you think I'm a dude. I don't care if you think I'm a girl. I don't care if you think I'm a horse. I'm going to be the best rapper in this fucking room. Every time I go on this stage, you will not forget who I am. Whether you know what I am, you're going to know who I am. And I think that that is what, that's what I became. So there's still people who are like, you can rap though. That's all I want. That is all I want. Whether you get the pronouns right, whether you respect them. Cause if you don't respect them, I probably don't respect you. So it's cool, but you will respect what comes out of my mouth when I'm rapping. Absolutely. Cause you have no choice. Cause I'm probably better than you. And, and I think, and I, you know, and I know that sounds arrogant, but when you, you know, go through things like that and you kind of have to, you think you're a part of a community and then sometimes you got to be like, well, am I? Because some of these people don't really fuck with me just off who I am, not even like they don't even know me. And, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, wow. So it's, it, it kind of makes you kind of break off the chains of being like, I don't care what y'all think, but I'm gonna wrap my ass off. And at the end of the day, that translates. People respect that. Cause I didn't talk. I didn't talk much. It's like, I'm not going to be your friend. I'm not going to hang out with you. But when I rap, you're going to, 
you're gonna, you know, you're either gonna like it or you're gonna leave. Yeah. And that worked for me. So that's kind of, so it definitely both, you know, I found my voice and more confident in myself. And as I grew into myself, my voice just became more, uh, you know, siloed and honed in on what I was trying to say, you know, so. So we were talking about how you finding your voice and finding your identity at the same time. Mm-hmm. For those people out there that are struggling to maybe find their voice or find their identity, do you have any advice for them on how to to discover themselves fuller? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, whew, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, of all the interviews where people have asked me to like tell these stories, these are these are very poignant questions. So. Congratulations to you on that. Um, Let's see. I probably would say uh, nobody can tell you, this is probably something a lot of people have heard, but I think it rings true. Nobody can tell you how to do something that they've never done. So don't take advice from people who are like, "Um, you know, that's a phase or that may not be how you feel or, you know, different stuff like that to try to dissuade you because they think they know a better way or they think they know how it's going to end up. Um, yeah, I, and, I I used to make the mistake of asking. I I realize now is asking for permission. I would be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, what do you think about this idea I have?" And people would be like, "That's dumb." I'd be like, "You're right." I wanted yeah. people to tell me it was dumb. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sorry to interrupt. Stop. No, that, no, that yeah. makes sense. You wanted to, them to stop you before you tried because there was less of a expectation at that point. You don't have to yeah. fail now. Exactly. You just don't have to try because they said it was a bad idea. I'm not going to do it. But I think, you know, we all get to those moments where we're like in those dark places or those dark rooms by ourselves. And we're just like, what am I about? Like, what am I into? What are my interests? Like, what do I care about? If I lose everything tomorrow, like, what did I do? Yeah. And yeah. more significantly, what kind of peace did I bring to myself so that I can bring peace to people around me? Because there's a lot of people that are going through like so many different storms and they're so lost in who they are trying to figure it out and they don't want to do that additional work. So then they end up making everybody around them miserable because these other people are just trying to like be with you. You know what I mean? And if you don't know who they, who you are, how can they, how can they, Yeah. you know? So I think I've gotten, since I, you know, um, went the alcohol free route, I think I've done more work there just because obviously like alcohol wasn't my only issue. Right. I was using it to deal with other stuff. Um, (laughs) some of us still are, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I always say, I don't like, what does somebody say? I do not advocate tolerance. Um, (laughs) if you can drink, I think Craig Ferguson said that or something. If you can drink and enjoy it and not, you know, end up with a concussion on a random Sunday night, yeah, you do it. You yeah. know what I mean? But, you know, everybody has their own journey and everybody gets to things at different times. For me, it was just that was the time for me. But everybody's different. But in terms of just discovering, I think that cleared up my head to discover more things about myself. And I think I needed that. But even before that, I was still like two years into it. You know, when I was like, really, really like, okay, this is who I am. I'm comfortable, all this different stuff. But I would definitely say, just give yourself grace, take time with yourself. You may not, you know, you're not going to have all the answers, but the next person next to you telling you not to try or that you don't need to try that because you might fail. That person doesn't have the answers either. So just keep that in mind and, you know, enjoy the journey. Cause at the end of the day, it's, 
you know, it's about the journey, not the, not the destination. Yeah. In my opinion. So. Man. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It's been so long since I've seen you. This is just such a great chat that I'm like, yeah. we've been missing out on this for years because we just were busy living different lives, but yeah. You know, oh, it's interesting that happens, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really dope to, you know, be able to like not talk to somebody for so long and then get together and be like, Oh, just chatting. Like it's, yeah. it's normal. Oh, yeah. Those are the, the things missed, you like to keep. Haven't missed a beat. No, you and I, again, back to what I was trying to start with mm-hmm. earlier. I, I, of course, one, one of the, one of the purposes with this new version of mostly harmless is I'm trying to be a lot better about talking about my own mental health struggles, uh, which I'm becoming a little bit more aware with. Uh, I'm gotcha. on a healthy dosage of Prozac these days. Gotcha. Something okay. I was curious about. Yeah. I become more at peace with myself. Mm-hmm. I used to always be hunting for this missing piece that went inside me. Right. And then over the years, I've kind of become cool with who I am. And I'm no longer looking for that missing piece. I realize I've been a whole piece this whole time. Yeah. When when you discovered like the non-binary definition, mm-hmm. did that have that kind of a what did that kind of have that effect on you? Do you feel a little bit more wholer now? Or are you still struggling with those identity issues? Um if if my rambling makes any kind of sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it definitely does. Um well, no, I mean, I think once I found the, the, the like what non-binary was and the definition, and then I started going down the rabbit hole of like um, <clears throat> what trans masculine is and what all these different things are. And then seeing these different people's testimony, because there's communities everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously Colorado Springs is not the, the template for how communities look in other places and bigger cities and things like that. So going on the internet and being like, wait, there's this person and, you know, and people talk about YouTube and they talk about these different things, but seeing somebody who's non-binary on YouTube making a video was like, holy shit, what? Like, what? Like that person looks like me, you know? And people always say representation, whatever, whatever, but it really does matter. Sometimes you cannot see yourself doing something until you see somebody that looks like you doing it, period. That's why, why people don't have that much of a hard time in this world. Cause most, most, most people are, (laughs) you know what I mean? Not saying that, you know, just as a general stake, but I just mean like in terms of being like, can I be president? Well, yeah, because a bunch of white dudes have been president. Nobody would question that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, can I be I a firefighter? Yeah, I've seen a white firefighter, you know, but when you have to like search and find for a black judge or a black lawyer, it makes you think like, hmm, can I be that? Um, But it was really one of those things where it was like seeing people um, that identify the way that I did and talking about their journeys and talking about the fact that they weren't on hormones. Some of them were on hormones. Some of them did want surgery. Some of them didn't want surgery being like, there's this wide, varied space that I can be in and be myself. I don't have to change anything. And I'm this, and I'll always be this. And that did bring me peace in terms of like, I can struggle with my depression and I can struggle with my antisocial tendencies and I can struggle with my alcoholism. I can struggle with all those different things, but that is the one thing that will never be in question that's the one thing so yeah it brought me a lot of peace i mean i had to work on some other shit but (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) oh i'm still working on a lot of other shit i'm I'm, you know i still i still got things to to go you know what i mean like don't drink but all the emotional stuff you still have to work through all that you know what i mean so that never goes away um it's just i don't you know do dumb dumb things at least by my estimation like drive and stuff like that uh Mm. anymore (laughs) um but um but yeah, it definitely brought me a lot of peace in terms of yeah. um, 
you know, but I've been in, you know, in those places. And I felt like I had to go through all that to get to where I am. You know what I mean? So I don't regret a thing. Definitely wish I would have done some things differently, but. Um, don't, don't we all though? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, pri- I'm 31. There's going to be more stuff. It's not, it's not over yet. Um, so, but yeah, no, it brought me a lot of peace and it made me more steadfast. It was kind of like, if nobody in my life is okay with this, I'm hundred percent okay with me. Fuck yeah. That's beautiful. You know? Yeah. So it was, uh, and I think sometimes people underestimate, you know, I never came out really. And a lot of people, um, there's a, an author, a non-binary author named George Johnson. Uh, they have this book called All Boys Aren't Blue. So if you get a chance to read it, it's actually pretty decent. Um, but they have this, this, this uh, concept called inviting in, right? So I'm not coming out to anybody, right? Like I'm inviting you into a piece of my life. You don't like, I don't need to come out to you. I don't need to announce myself and tell you, hey, this is who I am. I hope you're okay with it. No, you come in and I hope you're okay with it. If you're not, you can leave. But uh, I like that terminology more because that means that I have a full and complete life, whether you're here or whether you're not. I'm inviting you to be a part of it, but I don't have to hang up a sign in the street and be like, (laughs) I hope you're okay. Like, no, it's not about whether or not you're okay, you know? Um, it's about whether or not you can add to my, the piece that I already have, that piece that comes from me knowing who I am. Jeez. Cause that's everything. So if you can't get with that, then I got nothing for you, you know? And it's hard for a lot of people to hear that, but that's just what it is. And, and that applies to, to everything, whether that be identity or, you know, choices. If you choose to not deal with a family member that you're always beefing with, or if you don't want to do something at your job, you know, it, it, it applies to lots of different things, but ultimately it lends to your quality of life. And that to me is like the most important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should totally start doing a podcast again. Which is <laughs> so let me ask you, like you mentioned, po- you you're into politics, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, you, you work from home right now, right? Correct. Yeah. I've been working from home for, yeah, for almost a year now since yeah. March. Yeah. Uh, call center stuff. What, what are you doing? No. So I actually, um, and I'm like, I don't know who actually listens to this, but it's not like a bad thing. I, I talk about certain things with my uh, job, but I actually, you don't, work... you don't have to. So whatever. Oh, no, no, no. It's cool. I work for a state agency. Cool. Um, we regulate things so like licenses and things like that so people have like a barber license or electrician's license um you know if you get a bad haircut or somebody burns you or cuts you you can make a complaint and so i I work for the people that deal with those complaints so that's pretty much it you got your state government kind of but yeah but state government's important you got your foot in the door to politics right there uh yeah yeah i mean and it's yeah it's a consumer um, protection agency for the most part. So I like it because it's, it's people based, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not all about what we get from people. It's about what people, you know what I mean? Get from us, whether they need help, whether a doctor did them wrong or something, they can file a complaint. So I like the fact that it's about, it's about the people. So, yeah. Well, I was going to ask if you want to get into politics, but it sounds like very slowly. Uh, slowly. I don't, I don't know. You know, that is one thing I do struggle with because sometimes I'm like, you know, I think I could do it. Right. And then sometimes I'm just like, I don't know if I've 
tweeted enough stuff that could get me just like completely <laughs> lambasted in terms of people yeah. what's this what's this um but at the same time i mean i think it's possible i think maybe at some point i could be like a um a campaign manager or like an operations manager or something like that that could maybe help with like positioning and stuff like that would be cool um but yeah i mean as far as there's just so much going on i have my faith has dwindled in what can be done <laughs> oh no we gotta we in gotta... terms of in terms of like locally like elected type of things stuff like that um but i'm still very much um interested in the goings-on you know yeah. i keep up um and you know i have my causes the things that i try to you know champion and i try to you know just put out good stuff so i don't know if there's a future in politics but i definitely um you know believe in people power so I've been trying to, uh, when I can remember to do it in these interviews, mm-hmm. uh, ask people what their favorite like nonprofits and charities are. What, what so what what foundations, nonprofits, and charities are you supporting that maybe oh. we can support? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's this super cool one. It's not based here uh, in the Springs, but it's definitely where I've got a lot of my launching off of understanding more about the like. Um, the transgender, non-gender, you know, forming non-binary experience, the uh, community. Cause there's a lot that I didn't know, you know, cause you find out, okay, non-binary, I think I fit with this. And then you find out that there's a whole host of things. And then I also find out that like, I'm not like, obviously I've experienced some things, oppression, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a certain, there's still privileges that I hold that other people in the same community I identify with do not hold. Right. So there's also a little bit of that where you kind of have to be like, Oh, okay. Like, because at the end of the day, I'm like a masculine presenting person. The the percentage of me getting like catcalled on the street is lower, right? Than like my sister or a trans woman. So I have to think about things like that. So yeah, I identify in this group, but there's still certain things where I'm like, okay. So there's this um collective called or organization called the Black Trans Travel Fund. They're based in New York. Um, and they basically help like black trans women for the most part like get to where they need to go because in a lot of cases it's not safe for them to do that um and a lot of them end up murdered um i think we had 26 30 trans people murdered last year i think 25 of them were black or you know um latinx or um and i think the year before that it was about the same it it just you know it keeps going so um they're an organization that deals specifically with that you know if there's like issues where people are experiencing homelessness or need assistance with like you know travel funds or lodging they they help with that so they're pretty dope so black trans travel fund on twitter um they're pretty awesome um esn empowerment solidarity network in colorado springs is definitely a group that i've like worked closely with in the past um and they're pretty dope. They're doing a thing. I think they did a thing tonight at D49. I guess there was a teacher that put like Black Lives Matter in the curriculum and D49 was like, you're suspended. Or they said, don't. Something uh. stupid like that. So they're out there, you know, trying to bring awareness and things like that. So that's probably a local organization I'm super down with. Um, Inside Out Youth Services in the Springs is also super dope, dealing with the 13 to 24 community and helping, you know, uh, the trans youth and, you know, other queer identified uh, kids and things like that. Um, Honestly, so I'm just with all of that. I can't name too (laughs) many like specific organizations, um, but in terms of just like 
that's that's what I can name like that cool. you can go to websites and things like that for but there's plenty of people um that I've come across and seen that I'm just like wow like even outside of just like talking about identity stuff like just good people that are about like you know helping people giving back trying to create community um and you know and that and that does help because like you mentioned before like with mental health stuff especially with like COVID it's been a little bit like yeah intense uh for a lot of folks for me I mean I'm used to being by myself so it's not that big a deal but Same. even for me I've been like it's made me question it made, it made me question my lack of routine after my routine changed you know what I mean like I went to work and I would commute and you know do these things and get on the bus or get on the train and then once I was at home I was like that was the only thing I really did besides like shows I would leave my house to go to like work and stuff like that so you know trying to like come to terms with those things and different things and how that kind of works but um yeah, I think those organizations have been like instrumental in making sure, you know, people are cool. good. And then there's like tons of people on Twitter that have just kept me entertained this entire time as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, just exposing me to a lot of different things and theories and, and just why life is the way that it is. And, you know, I'm thankful for all that. But yeah. those are like three of the ones I can name that I'm like, cool. if you got some change, send yeah. it to them. I don't have a lot of cash, but I've been trying to uh, take some of the money I got from uh, number forty-five, uh, yeah, and donating, donating it. So, uh, what was the the first one you mentioned? Um, it's called the Black Trans Travel okay. Fund. Cool. Um, gonna, I can gonna, send I'll, you a link on get, Twitter or something. Yeah, I'll find. I'll Google it all. Yeah, uh, I'll have links in the bottom, and okay. I'm going to specifically reach out and send them. It probably won't be much, maybe twenty bucks, but I'll throw them like twenty bucks or who knows. Yeah, but, and if yeah, we can I get mean, other people listening to this to throw them right. twenty bucks, then that's yeah. Still, yeah. <laughs> and no, exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah. I mean, and I, I hope at you know at some point to have like some type of fund um, where I can provide like you know rides, you know, or. Um, rent assistance food assistance you know just different things like that that you know a lot of people are hurting for and you know unfortunately there's a lot of you know um queer youth that experience homelessness because they're you know their parents suck and stuff like that so uh yeah I think that stuff is always needed so I mean even if there's not a you know organization to give to I know that me and my uh, fiance like the other day we just like made a bunch of rice and beans and just like took it outside and was like hey who wants this <laughs> so even stuff like that I mean it makes you know it makes a huge difference for a lot of people and there are a bunch of people doing that too mutual aid um especially you know in Denver by the park and everything with all the sweeps and stuff going on and even in the springs too so there's a lot of folks that are out there like you know Saturday morning Sunday mornings that are um helping people too so yeah. shout out to them there's a lot there's a lot too many to name but if you look it up you'll well, see. I know. <laughs> you know the deal well normally normally i like to we've been talking over an hour and i apologize for keeping you this long it doesn't feel like oh, it's been cool. over an hour it feels like yeah no not at all minutes. i felt like it's been like 30 minutes so mm, uh, normally at the end i try to ask people how to make the world a better place but it sounds yeah. like you've already given us a whole bunch of options uh <laughs> I, I wanted to talk more about hip hop, but uh, that kind of got away from us next time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm always down to, to talk about hip hop. I think that, uh, but you know, hip hop is just like a collection in my mind of just like real stories, whether they be like super serious or not so serious. And this is a real story, you know what I mean? So that's that's hip hop, right? We kept Fuck it hip hop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's all good. But yeah, I just say try to try to give more than you get. And if you get something, hope it's, you know, 
Hope is good. But that's I I'm gonna that's the perfect place to uh, hit the stop button. Um, hey, I, I think I want to play a clip from a song. I think I'll do it at the beginning of the episode. What, okay. what song should I play a clip of? Like probably like um, 30 seconds. Got you. Um, probably inside the newest song. I can send okay. you like the the sure. link and everything to it. It's on my Bandcamp, but if you need the actual file for like I editing, can. I can just send it to you. I can get it from Bandcamp um, too. Anything okay, cool, cool. Yeah, but um, but yeah, probably that one probably would be the best one. I think the hook would probably be the um best thing it's just about being like inside and reevaluating life since you know we've been in quarantine and all that stuff so it kind of uh fits uh with the current climate you know what i mean so they're probably the best one but i'll send you the link and everything or if you've got my band camp it should be the first thing first thing on there so and i'll make i'll make sure i link all that stuff too and uh i can't tell you like this you know, sometimes it's good to just reconnect with somebody. And again, I apologize for being so long. Like, again, I, I was like bummed and like, it's like, this is, I'm not, I'm wasting my time. Nobody paying mm-hmm. attention, you know, just woe is me bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then I was just scrolling through and I was like, I wonder what old, old stacks got a story to tell. <laughs> old Stace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, got I mean, a story it's... to tell. So this, this man, this is cool. Thank you for yeah. not chatting. And again, I really, am, I do apologize. It's been so long. I feel. That's oh, all good. But you know, we we I think things happen when they're you know supposed to happen, and you know it's dope. We had a you know dope conversation. Hopefully, it's not you know the last one for a while. And you know, I appreciate yeah. you reaching out to me and and chatting yeah. and. Hey, I ain't trying to kill the vibe and all So hope for change, chase a dream like a waterfall Felt the lean, yeah, we seen how the tower falls Close to chest, what I mean when the darkness falls uh, I think I had a premonition Chilling, dragging on the latest cushy Pretended I was a killer, pray somebody push me I'm just trying to be sincere without being so pushy